The Money Podcast with your hosts, Justin Harrison and David Bester. Money, 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 money. Let's talk about money. Today we've got a real treat for you guys. Our guest today left school at Standard 8 and went on to study plumbing. But at age 21, he changed course and became a commodities trader. So today he runs one of the most prominent businesses on the JSE called CJS Security. He's outspoken, says it as it is, obsessed with numbers, and he moves around millions on a daily basis. Welcome, Giancarlo Filomino. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. So the first thing I want to ask you is, I know what you guys do can be extremely complicated. So I don't want you explaining exactly what it is that you guys do. For anyone who wants to know, they can go and research it. They can go check out derivatives. But I want to ask you about your career. If you can sum up your career, and then also the single best career lesson you have learned. Basically, I started out as a physical cash trader in the commodities markets back in 1998. We became a brokerage uh, in 2005 as a member of the JSE. We currently are very big in commodities. We're very big in the FX derivative markets, and we also do financial derivatives. One of the best lessons I've learned is listen to yourself. Very true. You'll never lie to yourself. And that's just generally a life lesson as well. But I think listening to yourself is uh, a very big thing because we were all born with common sense, except uh, very few people tend to use it nowadays. So basically trust your gut. 100%. It's a difficult skill though. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is, is that when you were born, your instinct is to survive. So your gut will tell you to survive, whether that's your bank account surviving or you surviving physically, that's what it is. You are not designed to lie to yourself effectively. Although a lot of people do you realize that Denial is not only the longest river in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Giancarlo, you and I know each other for a long time, and we've had some interesting chats over a couple of beers late into the evening. But I've never really asked you this question personally, because, you know, sometimes it's uh, impolite in the context of friendships. But let's go back to wealth and money. What is your earliest memory of wanting to attain wealth and what was your concept of wealth as a youngster and where did you make up your mind that wealth was where you wanted to go? Okay, so it was 1988, could have been 89, so don't quote me exactly. I had watched a movie called Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. They traded fresh concentrated orange juice and a few other things. And I decided I wanted to be a, a stockbroker, a trader, dealer, whatever. I went to school at Standard 4, which I think is grade 6 now, and I did an oral on this. And, you know, in the class there were 700 policemen, 1,200 firemen, 400 nurses, <laughs> 200, 500 doctors, and so on. And then there was me. And uh, nobody understood what I was saying. I don't even think my teacher understood what I was saying, to be fair, at the time. And then I decided that's, that was my, like, I saw people accumulating wealth, and it looked like so much fun to be able to do. Having said that, the school system back in the day and even now potentially doesn't teach anybody what to do with their cash. Mm. You know, they can teach you about symbiosis and osmosis and all the other osises, <laughs> and, uh, but they don't actually teach you about money, you know, and, and my parents yeah. didn't know anything about it themselves. They were awesome. I loved them. Um, they grew up in the old mentality of either work for a government job or yeah. a big company. Yeah. You know, give your cash to old mutual, whoever the case may be, and one day you'll retire. But yeah. unfortunately, the world has changed and things do not work like that anymore. 
And this is something we often talk about, you know, and we, we have the unpopular opinion. We've built a career for ourselves on telling people what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear. And we tell people that retirement annuities and pensions, the way people think about it, is entirely wrong. You have to start thinking beyond old mutual and the sun lums and you've got to start taking real control of your own sovereignty in terms of your control over money so what i would say to that is is that i agree but you just mentioned the word control mm. and a lot of people out there just don't have control yep. or discipline yes so what an ra does other than a tax break you can't touch it yes agreed. So, so that's the big thing where a lot of people unfortunately don't have the control as you mentioned or the discipline mm. and whether they invested into equities and actively managed their portfolios or mm -hmm. property or whatever the case may be and took it out and saw a profit and thought oh you know all I have to pay is capital gains tax and I've got an extra 500 grand or whatever the number is mm -hmm. uh, you know I've made it let's talk percentages rather mm -hmm. some guy might say oh you know can't wait to buy that BMW because there's nothing better than a depreciating asset. Sorry, I'm being facetious. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day is, is that a lot of people just don't have that discipline and control. And I yeah. think if there's one piece of advice that I could actually put out here this morning is, is that if you don't have discipline in anything, whether that comes to eating, mm. you know, training, your finances, life, mm. you won't be able to manage it, whatever mm. it is. True story. And in fact, that's something that uh, almost everyone we've interviewed so far has brought up the word discipline uh, yes, yes. in money, in life. It's the one habit that's come through. You know, you need discipline. And I think especially with money, because it's an emotional thing, right? And, and you need to have discipline over your emotions. Well, exactly. Look, I mean, in this world, in my opinion, you get two kinds of people. You get those that want money for power mm. and then you get those that want money for freedom, mm. you know. And then I suppose the third one, those that want money to make themselves feel better, but I would advise them to go to therapy for that one. <laughs> but, because retail, in, re, you know, retail therapy lasts about an hour and then it's yeah. gone. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm one of the people that wanted for freedom. Mm. Because at the end of the day, I think I read a book, uh, it was um, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. And what he said in that book was, is that what is wealth? Mm. Wealth is how long you can maintain your same lifestyle, mm. not being caught by inflation, although mm. those days there wasn't much, not like now, mm. and not have to work. And that's what real wealth is. Because mm. people forget, right? You know, everything is relative. Yes. If you go down to Durban beachfront where there are a lot of hobos because the weather's great, I'd also say if I was a hobo, move down to Durban, by the way. I agree. For those of you that might lose all your cash, go to you Durban. can go to Durban. Anyway, actually, uh, Cape Town would rather have you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, you know, if you went to a man on the street and says, "What would make you rich?" He said, "If I could just have five thousand rand a month, I'd be rich." Mm. Ask the guy with five; he'd say fifteen. Fifteen yep. says thirty, and so on and so forth. Because yep. you know, what is the ending number? Yeah, it's just one of those things. So I don't know, mate. For me, at this stage of the game. I think everybody listening to this podcast needs to first develop discipline yes. in investing. And if you can do that, you will be well away for the rest of your life. No, that's spot on. You know, we talk about that a lot. I mean, it doesn't matter how much you earn. You can go from exactly what you said now, from making 20000 a month to 100000 a month. But if you don't have discipline and don't have control of your money, it's not going to make you richer than the person with 20000 if, if it depends on the expenses, you know? Not at all. I'll, I'll give you an example. So we deal in derivatives, which for those of you that don't know are highly geared instruments. You can lose more than you put in. 
you can make 10, 100 times more than you put in as well for argument's sake. So just to give you an idea, we call it betting, whether you bet the market or whether you bet at the horses at the racetrack. Think about it, every guy that won the pick six at the horses spent about 50 bucks, not 50 grand, and then he won six million or whatever the number was. Same in markets, you know, when guys put on small amounts, they can make more out of it. And, you know, they can only do that with money they can afford to lose. Now, small amounts in your life say, oh, you know, I stopped smoking. How did you smoke? Oh, I smoked five packets a week, really. Well, there's 300 bucks for you or whatever mm, the number is, mm, you know. Mm. And 300 bucks a week is 1,200 rand a month, and that's over mm. 14,000 rand a year. And so the list goes on in over 10 years. Mm. And if you compound the interest on that, you know, mm. what did Albert Einstein say? The eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. interest. Yes, compound exactly. interest. So, you know, if you had quit smoking, if you manage your lifestyle, if you, you know, didn't decide to go out and buy that domper in Yon and then one night to impress that chick that doesn't really like you anyway, you too can become wealthy over time. Exactly. Agreed, you know, in, anybody can do it, no matter what no matter what job you're in. And wealth, as again, going back to the bum or hobo uh, analogy is, it's relevant to who you are and what you want to do. Maybe wealth is a two-bedroom cottage down at the beach and retiring at 50. For some other guy, it might be owning a game farm. I don't know. You have to decide it is what you want and what makes you happy and then work towards that goal. Lifestyle design, absolutely. 100%. So I want to ask you, what's your biggest mistake in your personal life? Now, not in business. I want to know about your personal life. The biggest mistake you have done when it, when it comes to money? Greed. 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 That was quick. Being, <laughs> being greedy. Biggest thing that I learned over the years, when I was in my 20s, making money was great and then wanting to make more and more and more. It was greed. And what have you learned from it? Is that now I'm a far more well-balanced human being. I don't follow uh, the herd and I live life for myself. I don't have to keep up with the Joneses or anybody else. And I was like that. Do you think it's age? Do you think it's experience that has given you that? Do you think it's introspection? It's being honest with myself. Introspection, right? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people out there are not honest with themselves. Everybody's a victim, you know. Mm. The minute you can own anything you've done and you realize it's your fault, it's nobody else's fault, it's your fault. How often do we talk about this? We say own your shit, right? You have yeah. to. You've got to own your shit. You've got to. Yeah, I mean, a classic example. I mean, we just came out of one of the biggest bull runs in a, in a very long time. You know, a lot of people made a lot of money with like the likes of cryptocurrency. A lot of them took out like home loans or, or second loans. They yep. took out bonds, second bonds on their properties. And then they went and bought more cryptocurrencies. They made more money. They looked like geniuses. And then all of a sudden all came crashing down. And that's all because of greed, right? So it's greed. But I'm going to tell you what we refer to that in the markets as. It's known as the God complex. So never confuse genius with a bull market. Anybody can buy anything <laughs> and it can go up and I'm really clever. It's people that can make money when markets are coming down or really tough that are the clever ones. Mm. Here's the analogy. Go get a dirt pin, big dirt pin, full, wherever. Throw it in your pool. Everything floats. But after five days, only the good stuff floats. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's another saying that's going up on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> somebody goes and buys bitcoin or whatever the case may be and then goes and says hey i've just made 23 percent i'm a genius and he can do more and he can do more and that's the greed factor mm. you know because at eighteen thousand, he owned one bitcoin but when it got to sixty six thousand, we're going 120 now now he needs to own five bitcoin mm. you know i'm not going to mention any names here but uh, i have a mate that went through that 
and he started with like a couple of bar. He worked his way up to 30. He now has zero. <laughs> but he has very valuable life lessons. He's, it was a good education, yeah, right? It was very valuable. Was, life. Was and and I, won't, I won't mention his name, and he is actually a legend. He's, he, he's learned a lot. He's a hell of a great guy. But yeah. if he listens to this, he knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> so, so now tell me, what has been, when it comes to money specifically, yeah. what has been your single best lesson? And have you arrived at that lesson? And more importantly, what have you taken from it? So, my single best lesson is that you need diversified investments in my opinion and you need to consistently put little bits of money in there consistently because averages you'll never buy the bottom of a market you'll never know where the bottom of a market is and I think the one major thing people need to realize is that nobody understands what value is Mm. common sense let's get back to value nobody knows what value is so at the end of the day you can turn down buying a property, I'm just gonna put a number on it. Let's say the property was worth one and a half million rand and you think it's expensive. But four years later, the property price had gone to two and a half million rand. Mm -hmm. And now five years later, it's back to 1.7 and then actually buy it because at 1.7 it was value versus where it was at Mm 1.5 in value. And if you go and take a look at cost of, you know, opportunity cost, blah, 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 everything could have changed. But for me, over time, the best value that I learned is consistency 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 and using your brain so i'll give you a great example right now in south africa you can buy a two-bedroom townhouse in a okay suburb for a million rand or you can go buy a double cab bucky for close to a million rand (laughs) so either cars are too expensive or properties are too cheap so what do you think it is and if you look at the commodity boom properties currently are too cheap the problem is I don't think wages in South Africa and wage inflation have kept pace mm. for you know the market to carry on booming in property. Mm. But over time, property is the only thing that will match inflation over time. Mm. Yes. So unfortunately, South Africa is a different conundrum when it comes to cars and import duties and everything else. But when the price of an average motor vehicle and the price of a house, which is one's a depreciating asset, one's a assuming an appreciating asset, although the property market can trade flat for long, mm-hmm. But over time, your bricks and mortar are still going to be there. After 250,000 Ks, your car's kaput. This is something we talk passionately about. And this is probably every podcast we've mentioned this on. We talk about the emerging middle class in this country. And we are trying to change the hearts and minds of the next generation to really understand this point. Don't wear your wealth on your wrist and drive it in a car because it's a depreciating asset. And this is not going to create generational wealth. Not at all. Not at all. We need to get these people understanding. And, you know, it's like common sense. So we have to think to ourselves. So first of all, we don't live in the United States of America where you could go and uh, buy a property in a place called Mudfuck, Illinois, for argument's sake, and it'll probably (laughs) appreciate over time. Yeah. You know, we live in South Africa, therefore we live in Africa. So everywhere's a hub, right? So you go to Nigeria, you go to Lagos, you go to Abuja, it's a hub. You know, you go to Zambia so on but South Africa just has a lot more hubs so think about it Santon City generally is a hub around Santon now you have yeah. to try and find these different hubs not that I'm going to be dissing anybody that lives anywhere but if you bought a townhouse in Santon City your ability that it's going to probably accrue more over let's say buying one out in Ranfontein mm-hmm. the Ranfontein one might be cheaper mm. but the one in Santon is going to be safer and you could go to Schlanger and Durban and so the list goes on, you know. So people just need to use common sense about a lot of things. If it comes, especially when it comes to equity, it's not that the South African equity market is 
cooking compared to the rest of the world, but you'll go through periods of time. And do a little bit of research. Don't be lazy. You know, people are lazy. Mm. People want to go to a bra and say, oh, my friend told me I should buy XYZ share. And then it doesn't go up because he wants to blame that guy because he doesn't want to take ownership for his own shit. Mm. Where he should be sitting at night before he kisses, or after he kisses his kids to bed and spend an hour and then just go and, and do some and do some work, you know, do some research, read up about things. Exactly. And, and do the basics, don't. You don't have to go balls to the wall hardcore and think you're this hardcore trader or whatever yeah. it is. Listen, most of the guys in the markets, you talk about lessons. I still know nothing about the markets and I still learn every day. I just know more than the average guy on the street does. I mean, I've heard you say that every time, every time you and I have had a conversation, as far as you've come in your journey, you always say, I know nothing. Chucky, if I knew a lot, brother, I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd be retired already. <laughs> that, that was a great one. So, so on that <laughs> note, I actually want to ask you, you, know, so you. So you mentioned this is high risk and high reward as well, especially yeah. in the the kind of markets you guys are trading. Yeah, because it's, it's derivatives. Yes, I mean, this is not like um, long-term equities, you know. I mean, no. this is fast-paced. It changes by the second, yeah. uh, by the millisecond, actually. Yeah. So on that note, I want to ask you, what motivates you to come here every single day, especially when it's when it's not going well? Because you obviously get a lot of those times oh, when it's not going well, right? 100%. Um, what motivates me every day? So it's changed over time. In the beginning, it was the rush. After the rush came the cash. Then it was the rush and the cash. Then it was my children. Now it's actually just satisfaction. You just love what you do. It's just satisfaction. Yeah, I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of what I do. I really do. And you know, not every day is the same, but I realized one thing is, is that I, I, have a, I have a very good friend and like he's an absolute genius when it comes to cash. And he, any business, he buys a business, people approach him to start businesses. He just turns it to gold, whether it's from a banana farm to a transport, but like the guy's incredible. And I'll never forget, uh, it was 2012 and he said to me, oh, I need to come on a holiday with him to Europe for a month. And I said, no, I can't go to work. And he said, that's your problem. He said, because if you're always going to work for money, that's all you're going to do, you're going to work for money. And then once I actually thought about that, you know, because at that stage of the game, I had lost the passion for what I was doing. And it was just about trying to accumulate money. Where now, the passion is there and, and money is a byproduct of it. And listen to everybody that's listening, please don't get me wrong. Everybody needs money to live. You can't live without it. We, you're pretty that, miserable without it. Yeah, yeah. And this is, uh, well, look, you're not miserable in Canada because there's a social net. Okay, you're probably miserable in Canada because the weather's cuck. But, <laughs> but, but you, in the first world countries, you're not miserable because there's a massive social net, free healthcare. Yeah. You know, the cops work, you don't, you're free schooling, and so the list goes on. We live in a country of have or have nots. Those are our choices. You either have or you don't have. So to everybody listening, please work <laughs> work really hard but what i'm trying to do is find your sweet spot about why it is what you're doing you know and if you can find that sweet spot then you know every day even on your shit days you'll get up there'll be a bit of a smile i mean like today was going to be the super happy day and then chucky rocked up in my office for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> now i'm only taking i'm only taking the piss but uh yeah find your sweet spot find your you know the reason why you're doing it. and if you're unhappy in what you're doing make a plan to do something else don't go and bitch and moan and drink five brandies and moan about your boss take ownership of your shit and try to change your life anybody can do it trust me yeah it's like it's like eating cake just because you love cake doesn't mean you have to overindulge and eat it every single day and then complain if you get fat you know you have to take responsibility for it yeah and also you know don't eat cake you don't like 
True story. So now listen, in terms of making money, you get to deal with people every day. You get yeah. to deal with people who are wanting to invest. You get to deal with people who are actually actively trading. You get to deal with people who are wanting to talk about making money. This is your world. Your world is making money, right? Well, trying. What, trying. My world is trying. At, at, at least trying. Yeah. What, what it, in your observation at looking at people, both within your industry, outside of your industry, within friendships, uh, within people you know that are successful, what is the number one skill set you think that people need to acquire in order to be able to make money and be successful at acquiring wealth? Common sense. Let's go back to common sense. I coined a phrase many years ago that nothing in life is rocket science except rocket science and I've always said this is that I can sit with anybody no matter what they do and if they talk to me slowly enough and explain it to me as if I was a five-year-old child therefore too I can understand this and many industries whether it's the accounting industry or the industry that I'm in or the industry that you guys are in everybody uses jargon they use jargon to generally make themselves feel superior (laughs) and everybody else that's listening is afraid of this jargon Acronyms. 100%. Listen, explain it to me as if I was a child, therefore, too, I can understand it. Mm. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Don't be afraid to look like a fool because you know who the fool is. The guy who keeps quiet who pretends he knows what's going on but has no clue. <laughs> That's the fool. I still tell today. I mean, I can't remember where I was now. I was in a meeting last week with somebody. I was in Switzerland a few weeks ago. And people were saying, I just said, sorry, please explain to me what that is quickly. So on and so forth. Oh, now I understand too. Okay, we can carry on with this meeting. I don't mind. I'll, st- I'll sit with the guys in the bank and stop them and just say, sorry, what are you saying? Because I don't understand. Mm. You know, the skill set is be yourself, don't be afraid, have a thirst for knowledge, mm. and use your common sense. Mm. Mm. You know, YouTube, Google, Twitter, there are a lot of people on these platforms that are actually providing decent advice that you can research. And you can cross-reference it. Generally, 15 people are saying something similar. Mm, maybe they're right. Eh? Something in it. Something in it. Yeah. And if you're willing to do the research, you know, the problem is, is that most people inherently, and all of y'all out there don't want to hear this, but you're fuck lazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, like I said in this intro, he says it like it is, you know. <laughs> so now tell me something. If you had to lose everything tomorrow, hypothetical question. Yes. Tomorrow you lose everything. You lose your contacts. You lose all your assets, you lose all your cash. Where does Giancarlo Filomino start again? Plumbing? No. I have honestly no idea, but I tell you what, I would, in what, I, I, I would just try to secure any menial job just to make cash. I would literally go and beg somebody for a job. Because if you say I lost my contacts, then I suddenly I couldn't phone anybody. So, yep. yeah. So I was dropped in the middle of America with nothing and I had lost everything effectively. Okay. I'd probably go to the convenience store or petrol garage or whatever it is and beg for a job and just get a job because once you have, you can get more. But you know, if I had to be a bum on the street, nobody would ever give me a job because I'd need cash to be able to buy some decent clothes to go for a job interview to find somebody to do something. I would, if there's one thing about me is nobody has to put a firecracker in my ass. I've got a factory there. <laughs> so I would just go and do anything to get a job just to get you know, access just to get access to get a roof over my head to get food and then like from there I'd, I'd try and go forward but if I was stopped there assuming I still had the knowledge set that I have mm-hmm. that's a different story let's assume you had the knowledge well set. if I had the knowledge set that I have then I would ring fence a bunch of different in different well within the industry that I am mm-hmm. and um, 
I'd go and tell somebody I'd start at the bottom again. I would and work my way up. And you'd stick with what you know? Yes, because that's what I know. You know, the thing is, is that I don't have time to pay school fees again. Because in everything you do in life, you will pay school fees. And, you know, we run an, uh, a process called Agile for the development that we do on our, on our in-house trading system. And one of the things is persist or pivot. And you can pivot. Anybody can pivot. I'm not telling you, you could be 48 listening to this podcast. I'm 44 for those that are wondering. And if I wanted to pivot, I'd have to do it now. But when you pivot, just go hard hard make sure you have all your ducks in a row say to yourself oh i can survive with the cash i have for x amount of years blah 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 and then nobody said you can't change your life nobody said you can't go from financial services into owning a restaurant or whatever the case may be i think what you've just said is such an important point because we've often spoken about this we talk about the thing that everybody talks about today is a side hustle and we don't believe in side hustles we we say side hustles is a distraction from your main hustle and you know we say if you're going to do a side hustle and that's what you're intending to go to exactly what you're saying pivot but pivot hard make sure make sure that you become obsessed with it make sure that you sleep three hours a night put everything you have into it go hard and go quick so you know what the thing was remember what they always said jack of all trades master Master of none none. exactly and for all of you listening there are people out there that'll go to bed tonight and they are going to make schemes about how they are going to take your money. Exactly. <laughs> and there's somebody else there, while you're busy side hustling, who's going to become an absolute master at what you're doing, and you're all going to lose your job. Exactly. And the other thing we talk about is sticking within your area of competence. 100%. You know, too many people are trying to learn to do this, learn to do that, and they're still in their 40s late oh. 30s and they and they're still trying to figure out their careers Look, stick with what you know it might not be popular but stick with what you know again like i say you know people have different passions so i have a passion for cooking and um you certainly have a passion for eating yes that, that's, that's for sure and 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 hey, people I, listening to this would think the, the guy's obese yeah, I'm, I'm actually i'm actually not obese i'm actually not obese but anyway <laughs> let's, let's just say lockdown wasn't kind to me <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a side note, uh, I have a passion for cooking and I'm pretty decent at it. And I worked in a hotel in Italy many years ago and so on. Mm. And many of you might have a similar passion and think, you know, I'd love to open up my own restaurant. That's fine. Mm. Nothing wrong with having it as a hobby, but you've got to go through a test phase of knowing whether you can or can't do it and study about it. Like if your nine to five was really, you were really good at your nine to five and you pushed really hard at it and you become a master of it, that's one thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And if you were so obsessed with opening this restaurant, then theoretically from eight to 11 every night, you'd be making new recipes, learning how the books work. You'd probably even go to a restaurant for free and ask the guy if you can learn management and say, I'll work for you for free to get that experience and go up on that because that's what I do. Because mm-hmm. remember, if you work for money, you'll never make any. Mm-hmm. And then you could open a restaurant and that's how you pivot. You know, so many youngsters, when we talk to them, they say they can't get into the job market. They, they just came out of studies. But what you mentioned there was something we talk about often. Make your services available for free. Prove you can do it and then you can improve from there. So I'm Generation X. We're the most confused generation. But you know what? We drank hard. We loved hard. We did a lot of things hard but and still do potentially. But anyway, that's not the issue. For the youngsters out there that you mentioned, I'm assuming that they're all millennials. So first of all, what you do as a millennial is you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and you own the fact that you're a millennial. So stop being in denial about that shit. 
then get off your ass and do something about it and stop being the instant gratification generation, number one. And number two, nobody owes you nothing. Oh, I've got a university degree. I've got a master's degree. Well, congratulations, mate. You know what that is? That's like a master's degree is a box ticket at the rugby. You can watch the game, but nobody's going to let you play the fucking game. And your average degree is like the tickets behind the poles. You can't see shit anyway. So moral of the, moral of the story is, is that having a degree is your entry ticket into the game. What you do with that is determines how you'll react and what you'll be in your life. Yeah, so listen, you actually just answered our last two questions, so I'm going to end it right here because you also have another meeting coming up. But that was truly inspiring. I think it was, but people, like we always say, we tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And that's certainly what you did just there. You told people exactly what, what they needed to hear. So I wanted to ask you some, for some inspiring words. I think that was inspiring enough. That was the truth. It was... Um, it's what South Africa needs yeah, to hear. Yeah, it's what South Africa needs to hear at the moment. I think if you're a youngster, you should definitely take that advice because um, to a lot of people we have spoken to, we have told them the same things. Not always what we want to hear, but it's exactly what you need to hear. Exactly. So, you've got to push hard. And uh, I'll leave you with this, what Uncle G always says. And for those of you that don't know, I'm Uncle G. <laughs> <laughs> I have something to say. It is better to burn out than to fade away. Love it. Thank you, Uncle G. It was Uncle a pleasure. G, thank you. Yes. You're definitely an original. And Thanks, uh, we, we appreciate you for uh, always being candid in your responses. And uh, people may not always like what you have to say, but I know it's from the heart and 100%. I know it's the truth. And I deeply appreciate that. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. You've been listening to The Money Podcast. To get access to our future episodes, please subscribe to our podcast via your podcast app. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Global Money Academy.